In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to Mass on the Grass. As Harry said in the back, there's one way to end the drought is to plan an outside service. So you're welcome for that. That's all right. I have always loved the story of Zacchaeus. I'm sure many of you probably have a soft spot in your hearts for Zacchaeus, maybe because of that Sunday school song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he? Right. I mean, we all have this kind of comical image of this short, little, pudgy man, at least in my mind's eye, you know, trying to climb up this tree. What's not to love? Plus, Zacchaeus' story ends so joyfully that his story seems like this happy little adventure between Jesus and this eager little short man. But the more that I actually thought about Zacchaeus this week, the more I began to realize that Zacchaeus is not exactly just a sweet, innocent, short man trying to see Jesus. Zacchaeus is actually a pretty bad guy in this story. I mean, tax collectors were pretty notorious in those days. First, they were considered traitors by most Jews because they're willingly employed by the occupying Romans. And second, and perhaps worse, is that the tax collectors made a whole lot of money because part of their arrangement of being a tax collector was being able to collect as much as they wanted over the Roman tax to pad their own wallets. And considering Jericho is a pretty big city and a major center of taxation, we shouldn't be surprised at all that Zacchaeus is not just doing well. He is really, really rich. We should also not be surprised when the people in the crowd, many who Zacchaeus has exploited, grumbled when this man who betrays his own people and extorts money from them is welcomed so warmly by Jesus. We know the Zacchaeuses in our lives. People who are always cheat their way to the top and seem to be rewarded somehow for their cheating. We really would rather have those stories like the man with the bigger barn who dies before he can enjoy his wealth. Or the rich man who's tormented throughout eternity without the help of Lazarus because we like people to get what they deserve. We like the stories of ultimate justice because we have some sense of justice as fairness ingrained in us. And so when someone is consistently rich and consistently the recipient of favoritism, we sense that justice is somehow being violated. Zacchaeus got to the position he was in because of his love of money. Now, over the years, my understanding of wealth and what it does to people has varied over time. In general, I think money does have the potential to be corrupting. And so we all have to be careful about our relationship with wealth. But I also know a lot of really wealthy people who have given away a lot of money. Whether that person's a wealthy alum from a college or a generous board member from a nonprofit or a wealthy parishioner at church, I've come to see the powerful way 
that the wealthy can turn their blessing into a blessing for others. We hear in Scripture all the time how hard life is for the wealthy, how money can lead to sinfulness, how money can, some, can curse someone to suffering in the afterlife. So we tend to prejudge the rich as being a group who has a lot of work to do, almost as they have to atone for something. But what that kind of judgment does is allow us to judge others without seeing what in our own lives might be separating us from God. Money can certainly separate us from God and lead to sinfulness, but so can envy, lust, jealousy, and pride. When we can see Zacchaeus as a man, not just a wee little man, or even a rich manipulative man, but simply a man who is a sinner, just like each of us, then we can really begin to see the magic of Zacchaeus' story. And the magic of Zacchaeus' story is that despite all his sinfulness, despite all the wrong that he has done in his life, Jesus' uncompromising love changes him. The last part of the gospel today is where we see that magic unfold. When Jesus sows Zacchaeus unconditional love and acceptance, Zacchaeus is entirely transformed. He doesn't simply say he will start living his life in a different way. Instead, he shows his faith with his actions. He pledges to give half his possessions to the poor, and he pledges to repay fourfold anyone who he's defrauded, which given his position was a lot of money. And in return, for Zacchaeus's overflowing generosity and repentance, Jesus's love flows even more as he declares Zacchaeus to not only be saved, but to be considered a son of Abraham, a member of the family of God. And then the story almost becomes comical as Jesus and Zacchaeus try to one-up each other in showing love and grace, abundance and blessing, all emerging from forgiveness and reconciliation. For those of you who have ever given generously, you may have experienced this Zacchaeus phenomenon yourself. Making a generous gift actually feels really great like you're part of some cycle of gratitude. When we give of ourselves out of blessing and gratitude, we end up somehow receiving even more blessing and gratitude. And somehow giving back to God the things God has blessed us with, whether that's a tithe or some other amount or something entirely different, Somehow that makes us more generous in other areas of our lives. Somehow that next request for canned goods for the CCC or the St. Nicholas shoe drive for the Boys and Girls Club seems just a little easier to accommodate. Giving to charities and institutions outside of the church begins to feel more like the right thing to do. 
And giving the fruits of our labor, our money, makes us want to give our time and our talents generously as well. Because somehow in this midst of giving, you receive so much more. This cycle of gratitude between Jesus and ourselves is what we celebrate today. When we present our pledge cards a little later in the service, and when they are blessed on this altar, we do this with a light heart and this overwhelming sense of blessedness and a joy that sometimes we can't even describe. This is Zacchaeus' gift to us today to help us reclaim the joy that only comes from forgiveness, abundance, and grace. And if we learn anything from this comical little encounter between Jesus and that wee little man, it's that when it comes to God's love, forgiveness, and grace, there will always be more than enough. Amen.